Good afternoon, folks. It's 1 p.m. on Saturday. You know what time it is. It's time for the Elephant in the Room here on WJAS 1320 AM and Talk 99.1 FM. This is your host, Sam DeMarco, uh, here today along with some special guests. I mean, as usual, we have John Schneider, Bat, excuse me, Robin to my Batman, you know, uh, Calvin Coolidge here. Man, a few words. You know, he makes uh, he makes Clint Eastwood or Calvin Coolidge look like filibusters with all the stuff he says. And then we also have dazzling Daryl Grandy, Daryl, the producer who makes all the magic happen and allows what we're talking about with our guests to reach you folks here, not just today via the radio, but we're also on podcasts. We're on Apple, Amazon, and Spotify. So, folks, there's a lot of ways to listen to us. Feel free. If you miss the show or you just catch a part of it, you can always take and capture the entire show by going to either of those three places and uh, Googling the elephant in the room. Now, hey, we're also joined in studio by two special guests today. We have candidate for county controller Bob Howard and candidate for Herb, or excuse me, candidate for county treasurer Herb Olinger. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sam. Welcome. Thank you, Sam. Well, hey, thank you guys for joining us. Now, hey, you folks have been running a campaign. You ran write-in campaigns, and both of you have got in excess of 10,000 votes, 10,000 write-in votes in the primary, which is, like, outstanding, okay? I, I don't know that there's ever been more write-in votes for a candidate you know, here in Allegheny County, so you guys did a great job there. But, you know, because you ran those types of campaigns and write-in campaigns, Many of our listeners may not know a lot about you. So I, I'd like you to take the time here, and we'll start with Bob, to introduce yourself to the listeners who don't know you. Tell them a little bit about you, you know, your background, experience, why you believe you're prepared to assume, assume the role that you're running for, and uh, some of the things you might like to do. So, Bob, why don't you go first? Uh, yes. Uh, thank you, Sam. Uh, I'm honored that over 10,000... Republicans wrote my name in uh, to be their candidate for uh, county controller. You know, normally this election is over in May, uh, and uh, we usually don't have a, a, the voters usually don't have a choice when it comes to November. So this time around, I'm glad that the voters do have a choice, uh, and they can decide uh, if they want an independent watchdog or what I call a political lapdog. And that's pretty much why I got into this race, to give voters a choice. And uh, why do I say that? Uh, I'm uh, in a position to be independent. I'm not a member of the ruling party. I'm not a member of a political family. Uh, I'm able to basically do uh, audits and uh, review as the controller's job is. The controller is the final independent uh, review of the fiscal affairs of the county. So I'm well positioned to do that. Uh, and uh, the, if, if elected, uh, I have 34 years of experience with one of uh, Pittsburgh's manufacturing global companies. And during that time, I've been the controller at one of their manufacturing plants, and I've been their European treasurer. So you can see that I have a background where I will, in this position, know a lot about what uh, a, a controller should do to make sure we have efficient government, we're providing the services needed, and we're doing it efficiently. Uh, and at the same time, I will be uh, in a position to do that independently and uh, without worrying about my political career. 
Well, Bob, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you stepping up and running. And you know, when we talk about this, I mean, if you were to be successful, you know, and you're challenging with Corey O'Connor this year, you would, I mean, you would break new ground because you would be the first Republican county controller in, if ever, especially you'd be the first one under our new form of home rule government, which came into being in the year 2000. Yeah, and that, and that's a pretty exciting opportunity to uh, be that person who can come in and independently look at and review what is going on. I mean, some people think those reviews are to are for the taxpayers, but they're also for the people who are using those services. Uh, I would have the opportunity to compare what Allegheny County does with like counties. Mm-hmm. How well are we serving the constituents? Mm-hmm. Uh, how uh, cost effective are we? What other things should we be exploring? And I'm not just going to write a report and put it on a shelf. As the controller, I think the public has a right to know. So I will be doing, uh, making sure the public knows what is going on in Allegheny County with their money. And, of course, a lot of the money that Allegheny County distributes is coming from the state or federal government. And so we're supposed to be good stewards of that money, following the mandates, following what its purposes are, and that money should be going to the people who need those services, not to people who are doing research, do, uh, conducting grants uh, for their potentially family mm-hmm. and friends. And I think that's the type of thing the, uh, the voters of Allegheny County can expect from me is a straight shooter telling them what's going on. Well, and you hit the nail on the head there in that, you know, the county, Allegheny County in 2023 has a $3.015 billion budget. Now, that encompasses, you know, our capital budget, our operating budget, and our grants and special funds mm-hmm. budget, okay? But, yeah, two-thirds of that is money that comes from the state or from the federal government and much of it in human services. So to make sure that that money is being spent properly, allowing us to reach more of the citizens who are in need of it, that, that's something that's a critical, you know, requirement. And I think something that, uh, you know, as you explained your experience and talked about the, the depth and breadth of it, you know, you certainly have the qualifications to do that. And I, I compare that, you know, to your opponent, you know, uh, Mr. O'Connor, who was appointed to the role, which was purely political, you know, by uh, former Governor Wolf last year. And his sole experience is as a uh, county councilman, excuse me, city councilman. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, you know, when it comes to respect for the law, you know, Corey O'Connor is the one that put up the anti-Second Amendment legislation in the city of Pittsburgh, even though he knew that that violated the state's law on preemption. You know, it wasn't legal, and it's currently not enforced, you know, in the courts because it's not constitutional and won't pass. So, you know, I don't know if someone like that is the one best positioned to position themselves as somebody that will take and you manage over the taxpayers' funds and things like that and ensure the county is servicing their clients when he clearly has made uh, political decisions in the past you know, to benefit himself. Yeah, and certainly I will be glad to be appointed by the voters and not the political machine. <laughs> that, that's a great way to put it. Now, Herb, you're running to be the treasurer of Allegheny County, which you know, in some ways could be considered the chief revenue officer. You know, so why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, your, your experience and why you believe that you're positioned well to fill this role? Well, thank you, Sam. First, I'd like to thank all the committees because uh, they're really the ones that got the 
10,000 plus votes for Bob, myself, uh, District Attorney uh, Zapala. Um, so uh, it was their hard work, and you know, been involved for 40 years, and uh, committee people were my people. Um, I, I enjoyed the grassroots level, um, and uh, really wasn't planning on doing this, but I got a call from this guy, Chairman of the Republican Party, Sam DeMarco, on March 18th. Mm -hmm. I was on 79 heading to a uh, fundraiser, and I see the phone ring. I look at it, and I thought to myself, okay, what did I do now? Why am I getting yelled at? You know, what did I do? And, uh, I'm a teddy bear. Uh, you're, you're a cream puff, all right. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I answered the phone, and Sam had a very timid sound of his voice, and that's usually the way it starts before they yell at you, right, Bob? <laughs> and uh, he's like uh, – uh, Bob Howard is very upset that there's no choice in the fall. There's not going to be a choice. The people deserve a choice. And I'm like, he's in, and you said he's going to run for controller. And I'm mm -hmm. like, absolutely, Sam, I'm behind Bob 100%. Anything I can do to help Bob. And then there was some awkward silence. And Sam said, uh, Bob has sent an email out to the Republican committees in the North Hill stating he's going to run. And he said, you're running for treasurer. And that's when I realized why Sam was so quiet and had the timid tone in his voice. So, so often as I try to help local, local committees find candidates for local office, you know, people complain. You have to sit there and, hey, you know, you can't just sit on the outside and complain. You need to be involved. So I didn't want to – I couldn't be a hypocrite, so you, you caught me in a weak state. <laughs> so, I, so I agreed to run. Um, you know, I background as being treasurer for several nonprofits – uh, for different political organizations. Uh, my background coming out of uh, college was working as IBM business professional for business partner for over four, 20 years. And, uh, you know, we basically did accounting systems. So we actually took the accounting and we made it into a computer program so people could enter it and you could print reports and stuff. So we had to understand that to be able to interpret it. So I have a, a, a pretty deep background in uh, accounting. Uh, recently, more recently, he's been working as, with the Department of Defense in the biometrics and IT field. Uh, so a lot, of, a lot of technical background. Uh, but what I really see this job as, he's the chief tax collector, the treasurer, or person, not he. Sorry about that. So, um, you know, we collect the real estate tax. They collect the um, rental tax on cars. Drink tax. The alcohol yep. tax. They collect the um, tax on fishing licenses, hunting dog licenses, licenses yep. dog licenses, and, and I know you're a dog lover, so yep. uh, six of them. Yep. So you got six of them. So I'll be I'll be expecting a big check from you someday, Sam. <laughs> I'll be looking forward to it. So I, I, from all the accounting background, you know, I have the, the background to do that, watch things the way they come in. Uh, so I think I think we have a, a good team here to put together to make sure there's independent watchdog. These offices are owned by the people. Like Bob said, it's not a family, it's not a party. Um, it, it's, they're owned by the people and the people have the right to select and have a choice and put people in there because the treasurer's office is really service. They also do a small games of chance license. So you're dealing with people coming in to get these various licenses um, and it has to be very customer service oriented. Mm -hmm. So that, that's what focus is going to be is make sure we maintain a high level of customer service and we treat the people with respect as customers and taxpayers. Well, and hopefully our listeners have been able to grasp based on what you said, why you're such a great candidate for this role. And I think if you talk to people out there, if you just go and talk to 
folks, whether they're Republicans, Democrats, or independents, they're ready for a change. They're looking for something fresh. They're looking for something new, okay? And you've had Democrat rule, you know, since the year 2000, where Democrats have filled all of these positions, okay? Uh, I think you guys offer them a breath of fresh air, you know, in a change. Anyone out there that's not happy with the way things are has the opportunity to take and do something about it. You know, by voting for Joe Rocky, voting for Steve Zappala, voting for you and Bob Howard when they go to the polls this November. People clamor about reform. Real reform starts now. If you truly believe in those words, you have the opportunity to put them into action and we can start reform with Howard and Oliger for controller and treasurer. Well, I liked how you did that alphabetically, Howard and Oliger. H-O, like that's that. my initials, <laughs> H-O. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, and I think really what uh, we offer is uh, solutions, and that's what this is about. This is about providing solutions for the taxpayers, for the citizens of Allegheny County, and about for the people who need those services. And that's one of the things I like about uh, uh, Joe Rocky. You look at his literature, he says right up front uh, that he's a problem solver, not a politician. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the kind of uh, people we need in a role of controller and treasurer, people who are not going to put politics first, not looking for the next job, not looking to make sure our family is okay, but looking to see to make sure the people of Allegheny County are served and the people that need these services are okay and the taxpayers are not uh, paying more than they should. And how do we do that? We compare ourselves to what other municipalities are doing, what other counties are doing, and we let the people know what's going on. And, and that's extremely important. Now, we talked a little bit before about your opponent, but we really haven't talked about uh, Herb's appointment. Uh, you know, this Erica Roki Brusselars, okay? Uh, when the current treasurer, John Weinstein, decided to run for county executive, he did not rerun or run as well for his office as a treasurer. So she was the only one that fouled. And when the, uh, Al, excuse me, Anthony Coghill, uh, city councilman, city council member from uh, Brookline and Beachview, uh, he decided to run for treasurer, but it was too late for him to file for the endorsement. So Erica got the endorsement and then, you know, was endorsed by the Democratic Committee and all the literature. So she won the primary. But I mean, folks don't know anything about her. I mean, she's not even from here. You know, and she seems to be, based upon what we've seen from an association perspective, you know, uh, someone that's on the far left, you know, and I'm concerned about her lack of experience and things of that nature and to fill this role. Well, she's originally from California, correct? Uh, that's what I believe. So California's doing such a great job out there. Everybody seems to be leaving and going other places. And uh, I guess this is one of the uh, des destination uh, uh, locations for them. Uh, I'm a lifelong resident of Allegheny County for the last 63 years. Uh, I plan mm -hmm. on finishing out my, uh, my lifetime career here. So uh, I, I have roots here. I have roots here. I, I, I have people that I know across the county, uh, across political parties, uh, it means something to me. Family, uh, there's a lot of tradition here. So I, you know, I want this to be a great county. I want this to be a great place to raise family. And uh, 
live out your golden years. Oh yeah, and you know, I while you were talking here, I was just looking up her uh, at her website here. I mean, to give you an idea of how far left she is, you know, uh, she volunteered with the Abolitionist Law Center in the spring, in the winter and spring of 2021, you know, leading their volunteer remote court watch program. These are the people that want to close the jail. They want to let everybody out of the jail. I mean, so, you know, folks, it's not too early. As a matter of fact, it's late if you're just starting to pay attention to these races. But the far left, the far left, the progressives in the Democratic Party, which make up just a small subset, but they've been able to take and have an outsized influence by turning out their voters in these primaries. For example, Sarah Inamorato, the candidate for county executive, 62% of the Democrats who voted for a county executive candidate in the Democratic Party voted for someone other than her. When you take her total number of votes, it's less than 7% of the registered voters in Allegheny County. But yet, because Democrats have a two-to-one voter registration in the county, they're measuring the drapes because they think that's automatically they're going to be in. But I can't tell you the number of Republicans, or excuse me, number of Democrats <clears throat> that have come to me telling me that they're going to change their party registration. I mean, they're just concerned about the direction of that, where that, their party is going. And, you know, we talk about it. And we say, look, guys, this isn't a Republican versus Democrat. This isn't a right versus left thing. This is a normal versus crazy. You know, and number one, if you want competent, experienced hands in charge of your county government, then you need to vote for Joe Rocky, Steve Zapala, Bob Howard, and Herb Olinger. Okay? Um, and if you don't want to vote for those guys because of who they are and what they stand for, you need to vote for them so that you can send a message to your party that it's time for a course correction because if progressives win this then they're just going to think it's, hey, it's all over. And what you're going to have is an Allegheny County that resembles the city of Pittsburgh. And if you haven't been downtown lately or the South side, that's not really a place where you would want to live. Yeah. And, and I, when I talk to uh, Democrat voters, uh, frequently I ask them this time, vote your values, not your party. Because I think their values align very closely with what we're talking about here. You know, they want a community that's safe and secure for mm -hmm. their kids to grow up in. Yeah. Which is what we want. That's why we uh, can't understand, and I don't know how anybody can call it even progressive, to turn criminals back on the streets into our communities. What's <clears throat> progressive about that? It certainly is not Democrat values. Democrats for years... Have, have pride themselves in making sure we have adequate police services and making sure that we protect our community and even that we try to rehabilitate and we help the people who have problems. How are you going to help the people who have problems when you shut down the Schumann Juvenile Center? Send, exactly. Sending juveniles back to continue to do what they've been doing? We need to help these people. And, the, and I, I can't see how they can even call it progressive to do that type of thing, let alone uh, Democrat values. Well, Bob, I think there's, I mean, and you know this because you are a, a big fan of history, okay? And you've helped educate so many of us in the grassroots over the years. <clears throat> but they have really taken and distorted, um, you know, the language. I mean, liberal 
you know, uh, we refer to Democrats as being liberal. Well, they're not. They're not classic liberals in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Now they're calling themselves progressives. Progressives mean you want to move things forward, but their policies move people backwards. Like you talked about from a crime perspective. I mean, hey guys, uh, I, who's who's talking about the victims? Certainly not those folks. Right. You know, and, and and to your point, I mean, uh, you know, we talked about the Declaration of Independence. You know, and life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, okay? Uh, well, that begins with safety and security, you know, in your home. And uh, these progressives want to let people out of jail. And to your point, uh, Sarah Inamorato, for example, you know, said she would not reopen Schumann Center. Now, I can tell you firsthand, I do work with the Allegheny County Chief of Police Association, uh, Craig Campbell, the new chief of the uh, association, came before... Allegheny County Council, you know, a few months ago. And he took and shared that, you know, you had a kid, we had kids, and because there's no detention center, no place to send them, we had kids where they were taken and released right back out to their families with an ankle monitor, who then went home, grabbed a gun, went right back on the street and killed somebody. Mm -hmm. Okay? This is the kind of stuff that goes on, right? We have to have some place for the police to take these kids in the period between when the court's uh, decide where to take and place them, right? And so our listeners understand what happens. Schumann Center is not a jail. It's just a detention center. So if the police pick up a juvenile on the street, they have to have some place to take them where they await you know, the court's arraignment and decision on where to send them. And from there, they send them to like a residency program. So that could be you know, uh, Presley Ridge. It could be Mars Home for Youth. It could be Abraxas. I mean, there's a number of them, right? Uh, and there, they, that's where they would await either await trial, you know, or they could be released, you know, to their family, or they could serve, uh, I don't want to say a sentence, so to speak, but whatever the court demands, right? But if you don't have something like that, what's happening now is the police officers have to take these kids to either Westmoreland County or to Ohio, you know, and these folks are could be 100 miles away from their family, and their support system, right? Yeah, and, and where's the progressive compassion in that type of a system? You know, they, they want to pretend they're so compassionate. They understand people. They have, they, they have feelings for all these people. What kind of compassion is that in that type of system where we don't have a way to really treat these juveniles who need help right. with any type of dignity at all? Uh, that is what is, and I, uh, you know, when I talk to Democrats, why would you vote for that type of a thing? It doesn't make sense. And then you have the economic development side. Allegheny County, one of our big resources is energy. Why would you want to shut that down? What, what kind of economic development is that? Mm -hmm. How can you explain that? It doesn't make any sense at all. Well, this is the thing is that they too often speak in platitudes you know, and don't come out with any specific policies or, or positions. And, you know, uh, again, let, let's look at some of the things that the your kind of executive candidate has talked about. You know, once she wouldn't reopen Schumann Center, we're aware, and we could talk about the detrimental effects of not having that, okay? Two, she wants to ban fracking in Allegheny County. Well, no one's looking to move into your neighborhood and frack, okay? But we are taking and drilling out at the airport, where those royalties are helping to pay for a $1.4 billion new airport terminal without a single dime of taxpayer, county taxpayer money. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, what would happen there? 
you know, uh, we drilled underneath Deer Lakes Park. Now, not in the park, but underneath. And the county signed a lease there because you really, if they chose not to, that was going to happen anyway because you can't stop this horizontal fracture, fracking from taking place. And the folks off-site would have been able to take and still allow them to drill on their land and reach underneath that, right? But by the county signing a lease, they were able to do a number of things. Number one, they were able to protect the community because they were able to put in rules in place in regards to sound, sound barriers, uh, truck traffic, and those things. And then the money that was raised has been spent for the last nine years on the improvements in all of our county parks, making them much more enjoyable for county residents and their families. So what, what, what would she do if that were the case, okay? Then she wants to take and she wants to do a countywide reassessment. We're going to talk about that right after the break because I have some stuff. we got to go into that so that people understand what's at stake. So you have all of these things. And that doesn't begin to touch on them. She would close the cracker plant if she could. She's against the hydrogen hub while we're trying to compete for the billion dollars in federal funding that's out there available here to bring that to this area. She's against that. She wants to turn the health department into the police department and send them after what she terms as polluters. But really what she wants to do is hasten the exit of U.S. Steel, you know, from the Mon Valley. And the Mon Valley has suffered enough. They need more investment. Not less. So uh, we'll talk about this right after the break. Folks, we've got to take a break here to pay the bills. This is Sam DeMarco, Elephant in the Room on WJAS 1320 AM. We'll be right back. Folks, welcome back to the Elephant in the Room on WJAS 1320 AM. Your host, Sam DeMarco, and I'm here joined in studio by candidate for Allegheny County Controller, Bob Howard, and candidate for county treasurer, Herb Olinger. Now guys, right before the break, I was talking something that's important for our listeners to know. One of the things Sarah Inamorato said that she would do during the multiple candidate forums that took place during the primary was that she wanted to do a countywide reassessment. <clears throat> this means that she wants to hire a company, could cost between 80 and $100 million, to go out and reassess your properties, your homes, and then come back with a new assessed value on them, which, unfortunately, folks, is going to raise your taxes. And it's not the county taxes you should be scared of. You should be terrified of the increase in your school taxes that you're going to get. Because uh, the law says that under any type of reassessment, the entity doing the reassessing is able to receive an additional 5% increase in total revenues before they have to adjust millage. Okay, now, so that's one. A, so that's a, that's the essentially asking for a five percent tax increase on my home. Yep. And for school and county. Yep. That's essentially what the bottom line is. Yep. But here's the great part, or great part. Here's the frightening part about this, guys. <clears throat> when she was in Harrisburg before she resigned, in this last session, the budget session, she was pushing for a bill called the Loop Bill. She wanted to allow the city of Pittsburgh to take and wall off entire neighborhoods and say, well, you know what? Uh, your assessed values went up because of development. So if you're a longtime homeowner, you're not going to be hit with this tax increase or this assessed value increase, okay? She wanted to relieve them of that. Well, the problem is someone has to pay for that. 
someone has to make up those costs. Who would it be? It's all of you folks, all of you homeowners out there in the rest of the county. You know, she wanted to allow Democrats in the city of Pittsburgh to protect themselves from the tax increase, where Democrats outnumber Republicans five to one. But then she wanted to foist, you know, that tax bill on all of you out in the rest of the county. What makes a homeowner of 10 years in the city any better than a homeowner in Mount Lebanon or McCandless or Scott Township of 10 years? You know, unequal treatment under the law. So that and that and that this isn't the the worst, folks. So we got a five percent tax increase. She wanted to take and shaft everyone in the rest of the county, but here's what we're really afraid of. The Post Gazette last week in their Sunday paper, they talked about the coming default of commercial properties out there. Robinson Town Center, the mall, excuse me, the mall at Robinson was built for $150 million. It just recently sold for $50 million. Okay, you're going to see a lot of appeals from these retail properties that are no longer worth what they were previously assessed at, you know, and taxed at. Now, how do you sit there and say, no, you're still going to be assessed at $150 million. You just sold for $50 million because your value isn't worth the $150. You have all these older office towers downtown that no longer have the amenities that new tenants are looking for. You have many of the, the newer buildings, their vacancy rates are still up. They're not, they're not at the pre-pandemic levels. All of those folks are going to be filing appeals. So now you're going to have these commercial properties, these retail properties, their assessed values are going to go down, their taxes to the county and schools are going to go down. Where do you think these entities are going to go to make up that decrease in revenue? They're coming for you, folks. They're coming for you, and she wants to help them come for you by doing this countywide reassessment. You know, I think it's important that we fix the current issue in the county with the CLR and then see where that gets us before we look at doing anything else. But, I mean, Bob and Herb, I mean, we're talking about money here. Herb, you're a school board director. And, Bob, you were a school board director, so you understand you know, uh, that her doing this in the county not only is going to crush the folks in the county, but it's going to throw the school districts into disarray as well, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know how anybody could support this, but, you know, that's why we got to talk. That's why I'm trying to explain to folks, guys, it's yeah. not an R versus D or left versus right. It's normal versus crazy. You know, see, it's good for voters to know what you just said. But it's also good to know that they, we, they have a, an alternative to that because there's Joe Rocky who can, you know, one of the alternatives is to grow business here. Mm-hmm. And when you bring people in, those properties will become more valuable. Yep. And uh, certainly Joe Rocky knows about bringing businesses in, yep. having been involved in the banking business. He knows what, what companies need to invest in Allegheny County. Yep. I think he said during his first year he can talk to 100 businesses that are looking for opportunities, maybe moving from California to a place where they have water, Mm -hmm. which is Allegheny County, and a place where we have energy. He's capable of doing that, and that would be a great alternative for voters versus someone who has never been involved at that level of investment, doesn't know what companies look for. How many CEOs has she talked to? 
whenever she was in Harrisburg. She's working with her staff of, what, seven people? Joe Rocky has been with a company that had, had thousands of employees, mm -hmm. and Allegheny County has over 6,000 employees, and we need somebody who will help make them be efficient and respect them and, sh and help them when the with their work. Well, you hit the nail on the head, Bob. I mean, uh, we have the big three. You know, we have cheap energy, as long as she doesn't make it more expensive by banning it. And we have water, you know, which is, uh, you know, water is critical. You know, as you see the places like Scottsdale and Phoenix and like California where they don't, they have shortages of water, mm -hmm. okay? And we have a, a population with a, with a work ethic second to none. I remember when the Marcellus Shell folks came in here, you know, in the last decade, these folks raved about the work ethic of the people up here in Western Pennsylvania. So we have the trifecta to be able to try to attract businesses and investment to this region, unless we take and chase it away by showing them an unstable government, you know, with bad policy. I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about stable government and everything you've been talking about, um, what we have to look at is whether you're a Democrat, an independent, a Republican, third party, whatever. You have to look at this is an area where there's families. And what do you want for your family? What do we all have in common? We want our families to be safe. You're going to the grocery store, the store, the stadium, entertainment. You, you want to have a good job. You, you know. So we have to find a way to reach out to the working people, whether it's uh, trade unions, whether it's, you know, people, accountants, nurses, doctors, whatever, teachers, and, and say, what do you want for your family? Do you want a stable government? Do you want jobs for your kids? Or do you want your kids to graduate high school, college, and go somewhere else? We have to build that foundation, and we really need independent people who have, have lived that. We've all in this room and all the candidates on our side of the ticket have raised their families. Their kids have went to school here. We've worked our careers here. So we have, we have a, a foundation in this community. We have history here. We have a, a legacy that we want to protect. So we have to reach out to those people and say, let's look at what we have in common and work on what we have in common. That's our family, health, jobs, those type of things, education. We have to look at those things, and we have to get that message that we're, we're on the same page with those things. This is county government. No, this is not the federal government. There's, there's no the extreme issues. We're trying to do the bread and butter issues and serve the people, and that's really what we have to get across to everybody. And see, what's really ironic is these so-called progressives, they want to help all of these people who are disadvantaged. Well, how can you help disadvantaged people unless you have some revenue? How can you help disadvantaged people unless you have people working who are paying taxes and building the community? It doesn't make any sense for me to say, I want to help people who are disadvantaged. I want to help people who are poor. I want to help people who, whatever their situation is, and then turn around and destroy the revenue source. It makes right. no sense at all. Well, it, and I'm hopefully uh, a lot of our Democrat uh, voters will understand that this is uh, Allegheny County is at a crossroads. Mm -hmm. You can't destroy uh, all the progress that many Democrats have participated in. Many Democrats have helped us build 
this economic engine. And one of the reasons to do that is so we can help people who are disadvantaged. And now we have somebody uh, who is inexperienced, has never really worked in any type of capacity where they understand the economics of investment, people coming here, jobs, creating revenue, creating wealth, coming in and giving us word salads that make no sense at all because they don't know what they're doing. Where we have an alternative with somebody who's actually been an executive. Mm -hmm. You know, Joe Rocky can basically talk about what it takes to grow and produce the revenue we need to help people. Well, you're spot on, Bob. Uh, <clears throat> one of the things uh, in previous uh, experiences that I have with the Heritage Foundation, you know, a think tank down in Washington, they provided, every year they do a book. And the book is on the countries or states with the greatest degree or amount of economic freedom. And it's been shown that every country or state in the, in the United States that has the greatest degree of economic freedom the most investment also has the cleanest environment. And that's because that revenue gives you the resources to allow you to invest in cleaning the environment, okay? Um, and, and to Bob's point, you know, when I look at, you know, Sarah Inamorato or, you know, you look at, uh, you know, the treasurer candidate for the Democrats, Erica Bruthelars, you look at Corey O'Connor, and none of these folks have any experience you know, in this, and they think of business as just some sort of um, piggy bank to be able to charge, and they don't understand. <clears throat> Businesses don't have to stay here. UPMC, for example. <clears throat> UPMC is under attack by the progressive left. Summer Lee, Ed Ganey, and Sarah Inamorato. Okay? They're beholden to special interests like the SEIU. The SEIU wants to take and unionize UPMC. Why? Money, folks. Mm -hmm. You know, UPMC is the largest private sector, excuse me, private sector employer, mm -hmm. I believe, in the state. Okay, so, <laughs> so for them, certainly the largest one in Allegheny County. Yes, I mean, so they would be able to take and realize significant money from dues that they can then spend on other things. Should that happen? Now, UPMC doesn't have to sit around and take this. If Syrian and Murado is elected, I mean, they can pull up stakes and just move their headquarters. You know, down to North Carolina, you know, they don't have to be stay here. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is what folks, these folks on the left never seem to understand. They think that businesses are like whipping boys for them to just do with as they please. Everybody gets a vote. Capital moves where it's treated best. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's why you're qualified to be treasurer, Herb. Because you understand that. I'm going to move all the capital here and count it all for you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it's a team. You know, you, Joe Rocky, and Bob Howard, you know, certainly would take and be pro-taxpayer and pro-business investment in this region, and that's what we need. And, and the reason you want to do that is so that we have the mm -hmm. revenue and we can treat our citizens the way they should be treated, including those who really do need help. And you can't do that unless you have the revenue to do that. You're absolutely right. <clears throat> Look, there's no denying that we have a crisis right now, you know, with crime rising here in this city, homelessness in our central business district downtown. Uh, you have businesses moving out of the south side and closing. You know, I have folks downtown. I mean, the office vacancy rate is significantly above what it had been prior to the pandemic. <clears throat> you have employers saying they can't get their employees to come back to work down there because folks don't view it as being safe. 
or want to deal with it. You have people down there urinating, defecating, fornicating in the streets. You know, you just had an assault Sunday night. A guy got married at the hotel, even downtown. All right. And then the guy was waiting for an elevator. A guy come up behind him, puts him in a chokehold, takes him down to the ground and beats his head off the floor. This is a groom. Okay. And I mean, you know, we have this crime uh, a couple months ago. We had a 52-year-old man beaten almost to death on Smithfield Street by two juveniles. These juveniles were out back out on the street while he was still on the operating table. I mean, <laughs> and things aren't being done. The city police, in March of 2020, they had 40 cadets in the academy. They had 960 people on the street. So there was 1,000 officers in March of 2020. Today, it's like 780. And then what happens is, well, we know... We have this crime in both downtown, the south side, and other areas. You have the Ganey administration coming out with a contrived study to say, oh, no, no, we're not short people. We're actually overstaffed, okay? Mm -hmm. They tell people not to. They tell their officers not to arrest anybody, not to stop folks for certain crimes. And then they try to base this overstaffing, you know, on arrest statistics while they're being told not to arrest anybody. It's like they insult you by telling you, don't believe your lying eyes. You know, you people that live down there, oh, no, you're, you're, you're all wrong. Listen to us because we paid some group to give us a study with results that we paid for. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's insane. But that's where we're going, and that's what we can't allow Allegheny County well, so to go the way of the city of Pittsburgh. So if, if we can elect our slate, Joe Rocky, Bob Hired, and Herb Bulliger, we can prove to the people of Allegheny County Republicans can govern. Can govern. And that could be the tip of the spear for other people to run for other offices. And, and that's why I say the real reform starts now. If you sit there and you talk about you don't like government, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, this is your opportunity to put those words into action. Mm -hmm. It's four years. What do you got to lose? Exactly. Try the change. Exactly. This is change. And you folks are the most qualified, probably the most qualified slate that has ever run for these offices. You know, I mean, I can think, uh, you know, when uh, John Weinstein first ran for treasurer, he didn't have any of this experience like that you do, okay? <clears throat> you know, Corey O'Connor, again, had no experience for control, was a political appointee. The previous controller, Chelsea Wagger, had no experience, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and uh, her record of attendance, you know, in the county courthouse was abysmal. I mean, I had talked to somebody, and they said uh, she was there six days. I said, what, six days last month? No, six days all year. Wow. And that tracks with what, you know, Bob, I think, when you ran for control back in 2011, you know, uh, she had served in the state house, and she was running for control. But there were only two people that missed more days in Harrisburg than her, and they served in Iraq and Afghanistan, okay? Mm -hmm. She just go. didn't bother going to work. Right. Now she's a judge. Yeah. It's, you know? it's amazing how that happens, right? These people fail yeah. up. And, and then it's like the Peter Principle. And then yeah. we wonder why government doesn't work. I mean, if you th if you want to vote for gov government, you want more government, you should elect the best people to run it. And that's all we're asking is that the voters recognize that there's uh, qualified candidates, especially Joe Rocky as a county executive, and if you want government to work, you want government to work for the people who need government, 
then why wouldn't you elect people who had know how to run uh, government, know how to run businesses, and know how to manage people? Well, mm -hmm. Sam, I think if Bob and I are fortunate enough to be elected, I got a feeling we're going to show up every day just to make sure everything's being run right, and that's what we ask. We're asking the people to put us in the office, so I'm thinking we should show up every day. You would think that that would be the standard for every yeah. elected official? You know, unfortunately, in Allegheny County, it hasn't been. And that's because these folks take many of the voters for granted. Okay. Mm -hmm. They believe that the voter, just because they have a D beside their voter registration, are automatically going to vote for them. But yet they show the voter the disrespect of not showing up for the job. Now, one, um, someone who does show up for the job, I have to say, even though another party, the county executive Fitzgerald. You know, you may not like the guy, you may not agree with some of the policies, but I can tell you I've not seen a harder worker you know, in county government if all of the folks did work like he did, and we might not be in the straits we're in. Mm -hmm. But that's what's so terrifying about this next election. I mean, Bob, you said we're at a, a crossroads, okay? I call it an inflection point. Mm -hmm. You know, the results of this election are going to determine the future trajectory of Allegheny County. Are we going to ascend? Or are we going to go on a descent? Okay. Yeah. And, and I often say, is Allegheny County going to be the place where you, your children, and grandchildren can call home? This yep. election will decide that. Yep. Joe Rocky has a saying. He says, "Hey, I want to go to Tampa. If I'm, if I'm going to Tampa, I want to go to be to go on vacation, not to have to visit my grandchildren." Okay. He wants opportunities here for their children and grandchildren, so that they have good paying jobs here that there are futures here, that they don't have to leave this region. I mean, hey, guys, you, know, you don't have to look far, but go back to 1970. You know, we had about 620,000, I think, was the population of the city of Pittsburgh, okay? And it's 303,000 today. The other thing is, it's crazy when I bring that up, right? We saw the decline of the steel industry. You have these left-leaning folks go out and they brag about this and say, we reinvented ourselves. We're Ed's and Meds now. They had nothing to do with it. What happened was industry left because of poor governance and poor public policy, and Ed's and Meds were all that was left. This wasn't something where new hospitals were moving in, new healthcare providers were moving in. It's just that these are the folks that are left because of the poor public policies supported by the elected officials in the past. And that's what needs to change. And it could start this change by voting for your slate, you know, on election day. Now, if someone wanted to help you, Herb, in your race, how would they go about doing so? Well, I have a. We're going to be putting up a Facebook page and a web and a web page probably within the next uh, week or so. Mm -hmm. So uh, they can uh, go. It'll be um, friends of Herb Oliger. Okay. So both of them will be named the same thing. They'll be tied together, so they'll be able to go there. Um, and you know I'm going to do something because I do this all the time, and a lot of a lot of campaign a lot of candidates cringe, but if you want to help, if you want to get involved, if you uh, you know believe this is something you have time to do, you can call me, and it's 412-759-0682. That comes directly to me, and I answer it. And every time I've ever run for office, I put that out there, and I challenge the people to call me if you have a problem. So um, I'll be that accessible. That's my cell phone. Um, that's 
759-0682. So people can call me regardless. Um, I'll take the call. I'll get back to you. You know, I may, Some of us actually work, so I may be working, but I will get back to you. So that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me right now. And then check out the Friends of Herb Oliger both on Facebook and uh, uh, on, uh, on the web. Appreciate it, Herb. And Bob, if someone wanted to help you to volunteer or to donate, what do you suggest? How would they go about doing that? Uh, the best way to do it is uh, it's real easy email address. Vote Bob Howard, pretty easy, mm-hmm. uh, at gmail.com. So if you send me an email, uh, I'll get back to you. Uh, and we'll talk about whether it makes sense for you to volunteer, donate, or whatever. Um, my, I'm, uh, my pack that's helping me is called Neighbors for Responsible Government. And the pack is very telling. Who doesn't want responsible government? So it's Neighbors for Responsible Government. But if you uh, just email me at uh, votebobhoward at gmail.com, I'll get back to you. And uh, the other thing you can do is if you're hearing this uh, radio broadcast today, tell people about it. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends and neighbors. You have email lists uh, in your uh, uh, friends, your community. Uh, email them. Tell them you heard us on the radio and that it makes sense to uh, vote for us on November 7th or if you're voting by mail-in ballot prior to November 7th. Well, thanks, Bob. Great, great point there. And then also I want to share with the folks, hey, if you want to help these guys too, you can always go to Allegheny.gop. That's Allegheny.gop. You can make a donation there and just let us know with the contact form that you made a donation and direct what candidate you'd like it to go to. Otherwise, we'll take and use that to help buy the literature, yard signs, and the things necessary during a campaign for these guys to win. So, Herb, do you have anything else you'd like to say to the folks well, first of all, I'd like to go back and just thank all the people that uh, were out there supporting our write-in candidates. Like you said, that was unprecedented. I've been involved in politics for 43 years, and I've never seen a write-in campaign like that before. And I, I know, Sam, you did a lot. You, you did a large mailing for us. Bob did stuff. I did stuff. But And the committee people, they're really the ones that jumped in behind this. So you, you saw that there, there was a movement that people wanted change and reform. So... I'd really like to thank them, and I just ask them to stay involved and help us get over the finish line. Bob, do you have anything you'd like to say to our listeners? Uh, I agree with uh, Herb, and I also would thank people who uh, gave really the voters an opportunity to have a choice. Uh, all those people who were involved in helping with this write-in campaign provided the voters with a choice. The election's not over on May 16th. There's an opportunity for voters to, uh, and again, Allegheny County is at a crossroads. It's going to be very important for people to realize the consequences of this election on Allegheny County. Will Allegheny County be the place we, our children and grandchildren, can call home? Well said. Well, folks, as always, this hour seems to fly by here, you know, and John Schneider has not said a word since it started, as usual. But that's okay. He's keeping things moving here. Uh, folks, that's it for this week. Signing off, this is Sam DeMarco, your host on The Elephant in the Room on WJAS 1320 AM. We'll see you next week.